Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Did you get your sweatshirt yet, Matt? I did. Okay. I finally, you finally went to the dregs not, of your list. You're not that far down the list. You finally went through all the dregs. You got to Sarah and I. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly, and this week we're going to talk about all kinds of crazy things. <laughs> what about Mox? We have we have season 10's first fooler, and it is a blood relative of Penn Gillette. <laughs> I smell nepotism. Do you? Yeah. Actually, I, I, I don't, and I'll tell you why. Here he is, preaching the love, Penn Gillette. Ah, goodness gracious, great balls of fire, preaching love. You know me, Matt Donnelly. You know a little bit about me, right? You know a little bit about me. I usually show up 20 minutes early yeah, that's right. for most things. Yeah, yeah. Not just for Sunday school. Yeah. I show up uh, an hour and a half early for the live show. Yeah. Usually 20 minutes early. Yeah. If sometimes, if I'm meeting Piff for coffee and it's no big deal, I'll show up 10 minutes early. You're right. But today I was coming in. And I was about 25 minutes early. Yeah, yeah. And I was craving, and craving's the right word. Yeah. I was craving a large oat decaf latte. Yeah. That's what I was grooving on. So I saw, I, I pulled off the road <laughs> to my usual place, one of my usual places, and I went, ah, there's four cars in line. That'll take too long. Mm-hmm. So I got back on the highway, went to my other favorite place. Mm-hmm. There was only like one car in line. Mm-hmm. So I said, I can make this. Perfect. I got plenty of time. I'll go in. I'll have my latte right there next to me. It'll be a, a groovier show. Yeah. I'm doing it for the people. I'm like Trump. Yeah. You're you trying know, to bring it. I'm not trying to protect myself. I'm not trying to stay out of jail. I'm trying to keep all them out of jail. It's not that I want a latte. I think if I get a latte, the people yeah. will enjoy it more, right? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So um, I'm in line. I'm in a very good mood. I'm listening to um, Bob Dylan, No Time to Think, which I've now decided that uh, is one of my favorite Dylan songs. Not one of the ones that's celebrated, by the way. No Time to Think off Street Legal, ah, but I love it. The Love. tune is not popping in my brain. I no, don't know no, it. no one knows. It's in three, four. Da, 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 anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Ready, Rich, would I have figured it out that it was in three, four had I listened to it myself? I think you have a shot at three. Okay. No shot at five. Uh, <laughs> okay, good. So um, I'm listening to that, mm-hmm. and I say to the person, I want to pay for the person behind me. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they go, oh, great. And then no one comes behind me, which is the best situation. You get full credit. With the barista being an for being generous, yeah. yeah. And then you get there, you don't have to pay jack shit. I, I was happy about that. And then I come up there, and they take my money, and then it is almost 15 minutes. 15? When they take my money, after they take my money. Oh, so you're trapped. I'm trapped. 
No one behind me, though. I could back up. But there's somebody, no one ahead of me either. No, but I mean that you're uh, mentally. You, you're, you, you pull out without paying out of impatience, then you're just a guy who wasted some time. They've taken your money. Now you're going to pull out after you've taken money? Yeah. That I, seems. I paid $8. To, to drive away. But then there's a funnier part of it that really made me laugh is I, I somehow. The way I was brought up, I feel that just driving away, yeah. giving them money and taking nothing would be in some way rude. Okay. I got that in my head. So I kind of, yell is not quite the right word, but I speak loudly and I say, uh, hey, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> as if, as if they're like, where's our house guest that was staying over? Exactly. Oh, he's already on the driveway. Yeah. Hey, I gotta go. All yeah. right. Well, I guess he does. It was great to see you. Yeah, nice to see you. Nice to see you. And a guy sticks his head around the corner. The different yeah. person that took the money. Yeah. Uh, it was a nose ring that took the money, but someone else sticks his head around the corner. And uh, he goes, hey, Pen, sorry. <laughs> That's amazing. In a situation where I would be angry, you guys are both on the same page to be pleasant with one another. Boy, have, boy, have we failed you. <laughs> Yeah, Adios. sure did. So long. We thought we had oat milk around, and we don't. <laughs> I don't know. Don't. I think maybe they had a bunch of people in person. Yeah. And that that was just... Oh, you also said, hey, Penn, sorry, got it going. You also said that. Got it going. <laughs> got it going. <laughs> We're on minute 16 of a perfect 20-minute oat milk latte. <laughs> He yeah. did say, he did say, gotta go. You've heard of the boiling frog uh, yeah. premise? We're slowly bringing the oat milk up. We will not just shove a hot rod in there. We're going to slowly bring the oat milk up to yeah. latte temperature. Yeah, perfect latte. We we're can't. We cannot rush perfection. We can't rush it, and you're yeah. gone. Goodbye. Our special machine is, oh, I'm forgetting the thing that like drips once a year. <laughs> <laughs> what is that called? I've, what that, oh, it's it's called. kind of tar. It's like the right? slowest liquid in the world. But it's not once a year. It's yeah. once every 20 years. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, their, that's their espresso machine. <laughs> <laughs> when it's ready, boy. It's ready. You're going to love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. See you, pal. <laughs> Got it going. <laughs> A guy is just smiling, going, I'm drinking Pendulette's own milk latte. <laughs> yeah. He's gone. He's gone. So I'm drinking it. Yeah, it's good. I'll tell you, he's good. I didn't think he'd be good at ordering a latte. Yeah. I thought he was just like a magician. Yeah. But he's good at ordering a latte. That's how he surprises. Normally, he takes a very long time to order a latte, so we have time to stall. <laughs> but he knew his order right away. We were fucked. That's amazing. <laughs> no, they weren't fucked. They were thrilled with everything. <laughs> That's... That's amazing. And I wonder, uh, I did not pay cash. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if they go in and cancel or if they just, it's a little tip or something. Um, or I bought that guy a latte. You bought that guy a latte. Yeah, that's good that to happened. me. I was hoping. Yeah. Uh, see, I, I had a great deal of guilt with this whole transaction. Yes. I have this problem. I, I have the guilt. Yeah. I don't. Very rarely do I feel wrong. No, in that situation, I would be angry and guiltless. Yeah, not me. It not can't me. take 20 minutes to make a goddamn latte. I was, I was, uh, oh dear, oh dear. They were counting on giving this to me. And, well, I hope they keep the money. That's what I was thinking. I hope they keep the money. <laughs> I hope they don't cancel it because they walked over to the window. They took the order. I hope you don't get some weird letter with like eight, eight dollars and quarters taped to it. <laughs> mailed back to your office. <laughs> Sorry about the latte. Yeah. 
No. So there no, you go. No. So so you. I can see if it shows up. You, <laughs> you don't have your your, even though it's decaf, it have a little bit of jolt. For you, you don't get. Well, it's not here. Oh yeah. They oh, got out of the system. heartbreaker. Yeah. I was now I I got to go back and stop off eight dollars. I'll say I on my way home. Yeah. I'll say I'd like an oat latte. And I'd like to pay sixteen dollars for it. <laughs> Because last time I didn't get it and I felt bad about that. Yeah, yeah. So you don't get roped into any of the seasonal offerings? You don't do any kind of Never. pumpkin? No, or, no, no. No. Although, mm -hmm. if there is a vegan pumpkin gingerbread, mm -hmm. which I've seen once in my life, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will jump on that. Yeah, yeah. Like crazy. Like a monkey on a basketball. <laughs> Speaking of good luck. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to. I got so much to get to. I want to get to mocks. I want to get to how I've crossed over into a different kind of old mm -hmm. than I've heard me before. But I also want to get to this. Oh, I had one of those moments too. I can't wait. The audience loves this. <laughs> I uh, we did a benefit at uh, in in L.A. at the Orpheum mm -hmm. downtown L.A. Mm -hmm. at the Orpheum, and uh, uh, it's benefit for <laughs> people who are caught in the crossfire. Um, of the strike, uh, uh, oh, yeah. make actors fund. Yeah. No, 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 oh, no, no, no. Got the crossfire. Got it. Not actually there. Not not a battle participant. No, no, no. But someone who's just getting hit with the shrapnel, okay. which are the uh, catering people, catering as as, a, as makeup people's assistance. That yeah, yeah, yeah. All kind of stuff. They're being fucked. So we did a benefit for them. And I go in in the uh, in the afternoon, and uh, uh, you know this guy Pete Shear. Paul Shear? Paul Shear, yeah. Yes. That's what I said, Paul Shear. I know Paul Shear. He's good. Yes, very funny guy. Uh, no, I don't know if he's good. I've never seen him. Okay. But hanging out with him. Oh, he, yeah. He was fabulous. No, no, very successful so, fella. All of a sudden, we start talking Dylan. He's hosting this thing. Uh -huh. We start talking Dylan. And he tells me a great Dylan story. I want, I could never be like this because, you know, I can't be like Dylan. But he, he did a show with him at the Orpheum some sort of 50th anniversary thing of something. Mm -hmm. And Dylan was showing up. So Dylan showed up for sound check. This must have been a while ago because Dylan's playing guitar. He hasn't played guitar in a while. Ah. He's playing guitar and he's for sound check. And Paul says, um, I think uh, we didn't see it, but I think someone in the, in the audience being sound check audience, they say just people working, someone snapped a picture. He said, because instantly... One of his people, and at this point in the story, I'm thinking one of his people went out and beat up the guy or yeah, took yeah, the yeah. phone or no, 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 no. 20 no. minutes for a latte. One <laughs> <laughs> people came out and gave him eight dollars. Got nothing. <laughs> um, one of the people, uh, his people, yeah, came out with a clipboard, held it in front of his face for the rest of Soundcheck. Just stood there holding a clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> in front of Dylan's face. He's still checking his mic, doing everything else, got a clipboard in front of his face. I want that picture. Yeah. yeah That's the exactly, one I want. Exactly. You know who's buying that clipboard? Who? I Dylan. also wonder how that protocol <laughs> came into place. Yeah, that thought <laughs> If someone's uh, taking a picture, yeah. run out and hold a clipboard in front of my face. I mean, you don't say that, do you? No, no. Just make sure you cover my face. Cover your face like with what? I don't know. <laughs> That's how it goes. And then the guy sees the picture goes, shit. Looks around, sees a clipboard. I guess so. <laughs> Boom. It holds it there. Yeah. He's like um, he's like a pop filter on a microphone, but a human being. And then he'll exchange a glance. And then that glance, the conversation happens, but only in glance form of, you said cover your face. 
And this is what I found. Yeah, maybe maybe there's a picture on the clipboard to distract him. <laughs> and she's kind of busty. Just a big Farrah Fawcett poster <laughs> in the seventies, just on the back of the clipboard. Her nipples are really hard. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We'll do it in G. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then we were backstage, sure. and I was backstage. I got to meet the guy, the bear. Oh, the guy who plays the bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His three, name escapes me too. Three names. Yes. Three names. Brilliant actor. Alan is the middle one. Yeah. Boom, Alan, boom. We can find it. Bum, out. Bum, Alan, boom. Yeah. Boom, boom, Alan, boom. Uh, really good. He's really good. I got to meet him. And you know who I'd never met that I thought I'd met and he said I didn't meet? And I said, I, I thought I'd know you. Pat Oswalt. Wouldn't you think I know Pat Oswalt? I would definitely think you've met yeah. Pat Oswalt. So did I. So did I. So Pat and I finally go, oh, uh, hi, uh, how you doing? And he goes, uh, hi. And I said, uh, I, I, when did we meet last? He goes, well, we have met. Uh, I got an autograph from you outside the current theater. <laughs> that isn't. That. No, so I yeah, said, yeah. we have. Uh, so, and also, here's a, here's a mind blower. When does this happen in the world? Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Fucking Lily fucking Tomlin. Yeah. Says to me, can I, can I have your email address? How lovely. Yeah. I, I took a couple pictures of us. Should I want those pictures? Can I have your email? She's done stuff here in town. She did a little bit, didn't she? I don't know. But Back she's, in the day? she's fabulous. Yeah. She's super fun. Uh, and, uh, and then I've talked to Brian Cranston. That's great. And I said to Brian Cranston, boy, I, I, I would have uh, loved to have seen you in LBJ. I would have loved to have seen you in that. And he said, yeah, I could have used your height. And I said, yeah, my dick too. <laughs> and then we talked about Brian Cranston, uh, Jason Alexander, Jack Black, and I talked about Lyndon Baines Johnson's cock for five, ten minutes. That's great. I had a nice talk with Jack Black. I saw a photo with you uh, interacting yeah, with Jack he had, he had a, He's great now. Yeah. You know, Jack Black is one of those people like Jim Carrey. Yes. Who, uh, when he first started out, it was like, who cares? I really didn't care at all yeah. about Jim Carrey or Jack Black. But there are some of the people that instead of fading as they get older, they get much more interesting. The, yeah, Jack Black definitely is getting more interesting with age. Took off all his clothes, uh, except for his underwear. That's, yeah. Went out for an interview and just took his clothes off. I, <laughs> I, I said- I got a big beard now. Yeah, I saw him on the monitor. Yeah. And I thought, uh, oh, I wonder what the bit is that led up to him taking his clothes off. So I asked other people. They said, there's no bit. <laughs> He was out there, no shirt on, yeah. no pants, jumping around singing Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. I said, he's okay. Well, I was a huge Tenacious D fan when they first yeah, came out, yeah. and so I loved them early. And now, the, he's just in a phase where he just likes doing that concert now. So the Tenacious D performs all the time now, uh -huh. which is great. So he's out and about performing live, playing guitar. I guess I got to see one of those. He's a very good singer. I think that's what yeah. you don't realize. He's a surprisingly great rock singer. Uh -huh. And so, uh, uh, but yeah, no, he's... Yeah, I think he's become more. We talked mostly after we talked about Lyndon Bain Johnson's cock. Yeah, we talked. Uh, we talked a lot about his mother at NASA. Oh wow! Uh, and I said, "Is it apocryphal that she actually left the Apollo mission to go give birth to you, and was like sending in, you know, important stuff to save the mission?" <laughs> he said, "Not that apocryphal." He said, "I was born during the Apollo mission. She was faxing." From the maternity bed. Holy shit, really? I never knew that story. You didn't know she was a heavy-duty... She's like a heavy, heavy-duty scientist. No. Heavy-duty scientist. Credited with some for, like, saving the Apollo 11 mission. 
from a fax machine next to her. She's bed. a rocket scientist. Writing code. Was. What's that? Writing code. Writing, writing code. code. Yeah. And uh, and my wife was pissed that I was writing foolish from the side of the bed. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, come on. Uh, and we talked about you know mostly how do parents that smart end up with stupid children. <laughs> Uh, mostly his question, by the way, but I chimed in. Also talked to Drew Carey. Nice. I said, you know, Drew, we get asked to do these things. We can't just show up. Brian Cranston just shows up. Yeah. We have to like do a trick. And he said, yeah, and I'm hosting a game show. Oh, yeah. And he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the guy. He was hosting a game yeah. show. And then Brian Cranston did the monologue. I guess it's a famous monologue that I don't give a fuck about. From Devil Wears Prada, about that sweater is a sweater. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he did that. Brian Cranston in a suit, but with um, red high heels. And boy, when someone's a good actor, it's supernatural, isn't it? Yes. I mean, you're listening to him. Was it Glenn Close who did it? Yes. Yeah. Listening to him doing the Glenn Close monologue. Yeah. And at first, it's like, oh, that's really funny. He would choose to do that. And then you're sucked into the monologue. <laughs> You know, because he's totally committed. Yes. He just does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, guys that can act like that, they've been over all the stuff. Yeah. So it was great talking to Brian Cranston, Jack Black, and then a lot of time talking to Jason Alexander. Oh, good. Yeah. And I, of course, everybody was envious of me because I was good friends with Gilbert Gottfried. Right. So I, you know, Patton Oswald and... All those people are trying to get any information any Gilbert stories had, about yeah. Gilbert out of me. And that was nice. So we did our little bit and we went over well. And uh, But that's not the, where the story's going. Story's going. Uh, we went, we're downtown LA, which they put millions and millions of dollars into renovating and it's awful. It's, it, they've accomplished nothing. But I guess they did this in the 80s. Okay. So it, it's, it's like the, they said, you know what we'll do? We'll renovate LA and make Penn's latte. We can do <laughs> One will cost $150 million, yeah. One will cost $8. We'll just piggyback them. That was their thinking. Uh, so uh, we went to this great, real Mexican restaurant, you know, where the, where the tacos don't look like tacos yeah. and there's no chips. Mm-hmm. That's how you can tell real Mexican restaurant. Right, right, right. And that was really good. And I was with Tim Jennison of Tim's Vermeer mm-hmm. and Farley and Andy and Handsome Jack. You know, they came between soundcheck and show. They came to hang out. And uh, they called it camera block. I call it soundcheck. Doesn't matter. Because you're, you're, you're old music. You, you like bands. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Was it televised? We're walking. Uh, they, they were, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there, was, there were some good acts. There's, yeah. You know, we also... Uh, Monique Exchange, Monique Exchange, yeah. a, a drag queen, uh, was on it. She was good. She sang about fisting in, mm. an op- in an operatic style. That sounds lovely. Yeah, sure. Did yeah. you, uh, you performed? Yeah. What did you, what hunk did you enjoy? We did tire and needles. <laughs> you did tire in there? Mm-hmm. That's funny. Uh, we did needles. Teller did one. We should go do both two-man bits. And I said what I always say to him. I said when Paul McCartney appeared on Ed Sullivan doing yesterday. He was announced as the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that for, it's even better with Penn and Teller. Yeah. I mean, not better than the Beatles because they're more popular than Christ. And if I said we're more popular than the Beatles, <laughs> I would be saying something blasphemous. Right. And fuck Jesus, I'm not going to do that. No, no, no. So um, 
Teller did Needle, it was great because everybody else on stage, you know, had been doing essentially chattering, you know, mm-hmm. really good. Raymond Romano was great. Mm-hmm. You know, Patton Oswalt, of course, fabulous. And, uh, but it was all, it's all mid-range talking. Yeah, yeah. Mostly men talking, you know. So we came out and did Donut, which is men talking. Mm-hmm. And then Teller did Needles, which is someone who knows what they're doing being silent. And that was pretty great. But in between the two, I went out with this group of, you know, just the usual mooks I'm out with. Yeah. And um, I'm walking out going, geez, I'd like a little bit of a confection. But it's downtown L.A. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a vegan confection. And I see this bright, shiny temple, almost like a mirage, yeah. that says on the front of it, Donut Friend. Donut Friend. And I said, if there's, oh, Kramer was there too. No, he wasn't. If there's one thing I need... <laughs> It's a donut friend, mm-hmm. okay? And I looked at Tim and I go, there's nothing in there vegan. I, I know it. And I walk in and like all the rest of downtown LA is a shithole. Right. But this is shiny, you know, shiny and there's chrome and there's open space and it's well lit and it's just shining there. And as I walk up to the door, this big door storefront, Way in the back, far away, there's like a whole row of donuts and one woman standing behind them. No one else in the store. And I open the door. And before I even get within where you're supposed to talk to someone, like I'm too far to talk to them, I say, I don't suppose you have any vegan donuts. And she says, everything in here is vegan. Uh... More than that. I lost all control of my faculties. I went, motherfucker! Mother, are you, are you jacking me on? She, she was kind of surprised by the ejaculation, yeah. you know, the outburst. I like that either on or off works. What do you mean? Are you jacking me on or are you jacking me off? Yeah. I like that either works there. And she said, no, everything's vegan. I went, motherfucker! Then I went to the door and I meant to yell to my friends. Yeah. But instead, I believe I yelled to the world. <laughs> I yelled, motherfuckers, everything is vegan. <laughs> and then I came in and I danced. I danced around the place. And then I looked over and they, I mean, l- listen to me, man. You're not going to believe this. They had apple fritters. Vegan. Vegan apple fritters. They had raspberry jelly donuts. Mm. And I go, ah, oh, I got to have one of the motherfucking jelly donuts. And she says, they're filled with raspberry jam. We make it ourselves. Mm. It has seeds. And I went, seeds, raspberry jam, you make it yourself. And then I just, I, I couldn't control myself. I said, I love you. <laughs> and I said, donuts for everyone. I'll tell you, if there'd been 50 people in there, they would have all gotten yeah, free yeah, donuts. Yeah. I believe you. And, um... And she said, we also have ice cream, and that's vegan. I went, oh, come on. Is this? I said, "You, how's the lawsuit coming with Disney? <laughs> and she said, what do you mean? I said, because this is the happiest place on earth. <laughs> I said, and I will testify. I've been to both. <laughs> and she- uh, Now, this uh, place is heavenly, for sure. Oh, oh, 
I definitely question your skepticism at the top of if there's a place that's gonna have vegan something for you. Los Angeles yeah, yeah. is pretty hip with a vegan yeah, but options. Yeah, you're right, you're right. But everything. But but this is still above everything. and beyond. And I went over to the little machine where you pay mm-hmm. and they she turned it around with a tip option. Yeah. I said, Is there a hundred percent tip possible here? <laughs> And she the laughed. machine is limiting the amount I want to love you. And then I actually uh, typed in more than what it was for the whole thing. <laughs> and I went out eating my jelly donut, and it was really good. She also told me, uh, when she could calm me down enough to talk to me, <laughs> she also said we tried the butter pecan uh, vegan ice cream. I never taste. I, ne- I don't like to sample. Spoon. Like I don't like spoons. to sample. I do not like to sample. I do not like sampling in a restaurant. What do you have Either buy, I just don't like it. Little spoons, enough to, it's like what um, George Clooney in Brother Where Art Thou, Mm -hmm. I think a gopher would wet my appetite without putting it properly to bed. That's why I feel about samples the way uh, George Clooney feels about eating a gopher. (laughs) Perfect. This this time. That made it much clearer for the audience. The exception. (laughs) <laughs> Took the exception, butter pecan, it was great. And then she said to me, you know, we have four other locations in Los Angeles. Donut friend. Donut friend. Donut friend, I tell you. You know we don't do ad spots anymore. Donut, Hello, friend. donut friend. Donut friend. It was, uh, it was a fabulous, fabulous experience. I haven't had a proper, I believe, I be- oh, she also said this. How is this possible? She said, we won best donut in LA, not even in the vegan category. Whoa. Did you hear what I said? Not even in the vegan category. Not even the vegan category. Can't be for the seedy raspberries, though. I don't know what it was. Do you like seedy raspberries? I don't like seeds in in, uh, my chew. Oh, really? Yeah, you think less of me. Get out of here. (laughs) I gotta go. (laughs) Go away from my latte. You're going to bring Sarah back, right? Yeah. That's what. Does she like CD Raspberry? I think she does. Okay, good, good, good. Plus, like- when she hosted Penn Sunday School, someone called me and said, you better get off tour because you're about to lose your job to Sarah Lowe. <laughs> Do you know who that person was? Who? My dad. <laughs> My dad. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. I also liked, back before I was vegan, Yeah. I also liked clams with bellies. Yes. Uh, clams with bellies, a little bit of sand in there. Yeah, I, that weird, that weird taste you don't get anywhere else except from uh, from oysters and, and clams. Yes, uh, and I like seeds in my raspberries. I do. Yeah, I'm just that way. Just that kind of guy. I don't like jelly generally in the donut. I like it on. I like it on on toast or on you a know, spreadable you know, thing. You know, what I started doing mm-hmm. this is like I think probably this is a level of um, decay, a level of decadence. It's right before the fall of the Roman Empire. Yeah. I was reading I, I was reading a James Bond book, okay? Mm-hmm. And it had James Bond's favorite breakfast, the breakfast he had, which is something I couldn't eat, you know? Yeah. But had the brand of jam that he uses. And I said, what the fuck? I went on Amazon. I typed in that jam. It popped right up. That brand of jam, mm-hmm. James Bond jam. It wasn't James Bond jam, whatever the brand was. Some stuffy English jam. Yes. Preserves. Moxie, correct. The Brits have the best, like that kind of, like any yeah. kind of spreadable accoutrement. Yeah. They have us beat. They're, they're good at that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I ordered some for me and then some for my friend Elliot in Vermont with a little note from Amazon that said, eat like James Bond. 
<laughs> I think I said jam, strawberry jam. I believe that's what I said. <laughs> and I, I discovered this, uh, this, this thing that strawberry Pop-Tarts mm -hmm. are accidentally vegan. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. So I said to Mox, let's have Pop-Tarts. Let's put James Bond jam on them. Ooh. Spreading James Bond jam. Real jam on a Pop-Tart. Pop it, it was a nutty move. That is nice. Nutty move. Anyway. It's like when those gourmet chefs do stuff with like Domino's Pizza and stuff like that. Like oh, you're yeah. doing that. You're doing that. Yeah, yeah. That you're making a perfect TikTok material. And you don't even know it. <laughs> I could be. A, I could be an influencer. You could. You could totally be an influencer. I could be the one that you know that reports the James Bond uh, jam. Yeah. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today, and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh oh oh! O'Reilly. Anywho, I got to tell you, Friday night, mm -hmm. Mox yeah. was on um, Full Us. Yep, season 10 premiere episode. Not really season 10, season, right. season, season 11, 11 and, and a half. half. But um, the premiere, yeah, the first fooler of the season, uh, Moxie. And um, it's weird. You haven't experienced this yet. No. Nope. And you certainly will. Mm-hmm. I was proud of Mox and Sultan before they were born. Mm -hmm. I've been proud of them every second of their lives. Mm -hmm. Every instant they've been alive, I've been proud of them. It's so strange to see other people. You know, you're proud of them because, like, they went to the potty at the right time. <laughs> you're proud of them because they finished their broccoli. Yeah, yeah. You're proud of them because they didn't fall down the stairs. Yes. To then be proud of offspring because of something that other people also think is good and not like a teacher. No, no. Going like, oh, that was a good report you did on horses, you know? No, no. No, but it's a different feeling and it's an out of control feeling. It's like, oh, the pride is no longer mine. Yeah. The pride belongs to more people. Interesting. I got to tell you, Mox being on that show, really one of the high points of, of my life. It's just uh, really something. And I'm, I'm talking about all separate from that's good TV, no, which no, I no. kind of sort of don't give a fuck about. Well, yeah. But- uh, But it was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. And awesome how Mox hid, like the elaborateness of what Mox did to- Weasel! Keep you from knowing. Weasel. She was at her. She was at her boyfriend's house the whole time. For two weeks, she was at her boyfriend's house when I thought she was in France. Yes. And she was um, uh, uh, FaceTiming me. Yeah. But sometimes the camera was broken, <laughs> which it wasn't. And sometimes she was under the covers while she was sleeping because it was supposed to be dark. Yeah. Where they were. Yeah. Yeah. It was two o'clock in Vegas. Same where they were. Yeah, same yeah, time yeah. as was here. And then this is a story that makes me, uh, it's a creepy story, mm -hmm. but uh, it's a beautiful story too. Her boyfriend's family are wonderful. Mm -hmm. And her boyfriend's wonderful, Elijah. So Mox goes to her boyfriend's house. Because you watched Mox leave for the airport. She went to the airport. I saw her take her baggage, go to the airport. <laughs> she was actually going to her boyfriend's house. <laughs> 
<laughs> saw that alone. Saw that car come and pick her up. And uh, Mox had to cheat it because my flight was canceled. So I came back home. Yes. So it was going to be no problem for Mox because I was gone. And then, you know, Mox would leave sometime in the afternoon. But I came home. She had, to, she had to pack up and get a car and get everything all set so Mox could say, oh, I'm off to Paris. Yeah. Because otherwise, it was just going to be, I was going to be gone all day, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Elijah, her, her boyfriend's grandmother, she goes to the house and she doesn't want to tell anybody in the house that she's doing it because Mox is so sneaky yeah. that even the boyfriend didn't know she was going to be on. Yes, that was the craziest part. Crazy. That I was like, you were doing... Zoom rehearsals with Foolus. Mm-hmm. You were going through rehearsals with Andrew and, and Close. Yeah. And Lincoln. Yeah. And they didn't know. I mean, they knew. They knew. But uh, but, but, but the boyfriend did. No. So she, she goes to her boyfriend's house, says to the family, I'm going to be staying here two weeks, and my father can't know where I am. She announces that in front of the family, and the world goes on. Say the words again. Just say the words again. <laughs> Just a blank slate. You're uh, uh, a friend of, of your child's friend is visiting and they say. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be here for two weeks. I can't let my father know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> so the grandmother says, you know, I, I, I haven't met the grandmother, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I picture her as, as being very kindly because everything I've heard about her is wonderful. Right. She says, may, may, may I speak to you, Moxie? They go in the back room very seriously. I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> and the grandmother says, um, you're safe here. You can talk to me. But we need to be honest. I need to know why don't you want your father to know where you are? Why can't he know that? Why are you worried about him knowing that? And Mark says, I'm going to be on his TV show. And the grandmother says, get out of here. <laughs> Run along, run along. But I'm very glad that people <laughs> that are watching. That grandmother knew that they had brass knuckles hidden in a, in a, in a dresser drawer. <laughs> I'll tell you. Small baseball black. I'll tell you if one of uh, one of my children's friends came over and said, my father can't know where I am. Yeah. Uh, that's something you worry about. It is. A lot. <laughs> then he has a stupid TV show. Please have dinner with, with my friend, the chief of police. <laughs> Exactly. You're welcome to have dinner with us, and so the police are joining us. Yeah, yeah, sure. He's yeah. Ju- he's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was amazing. Yeah. And all these people, I, I got to say, boy, it, no, it's not pissing me off. I guess I, I believe it. We, we end up in the in the age of AGT and, and Bachelor and all that, and yeah. Celebrity Apprentice and all that reality bullshit. Um, it is very sensible to say, oh, you knew she was coming on. And it's very sensible to say, At Mox did really fool you. I want to go over both those points. First and foremost, the words Moxie Gillette weren't written on a single piece of paper at Fool's, <laughs> right. in case anything leaked anywhere. Yeah. So at Fool's, because I found out people were surprised about this. People are surprised that you really don't know who's coming on until they walk out on stage. Right. Um, with every contestant. Uh, there is two different hallways where you come in and where we go by the production office. Mm -hmm. And on the production office side, there is rundowns of people who are going to be on the show and everything else. But they're on specific colored pieces of paper because certain colors can't cross the Rubicon. 
<laughs> there, are color, there are colored papers that means it cannot go into the Penn and Teller area of the stage. Like uh-huh. we can't, it can't go there in case you were even glance at anything. Uh, we keep it from you. So we try to actually keep every contestant from you, let alone your own child. As a matter of fact, you, you got like maybe five minutes more. Sometimes their names on the prompter or the names on the screen yeah, before they yeah, come out. So common. sure, you have two minutes to Google, I guess. <laughs> Which I've never seen you guys do. Right. But the truth is every contestant comes out and surprises the shit out of you. Right. It's just in this case, it right. really surprised you because it was your child. And yeah. in Paris. <laughs> child is not supposed to be in the country. Trumpet. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. It said Roxy Jade. Uh, Roxy Jane. Roxy Jane. On every piece of paper, no matter what. Yeah. And so, and even the intro I had for Mox for uh, Brooke to read, we decided to tape after the fact. And we put that on the very bottom of the prompter so it wouldn't even be accidentally scrolled through on the way up to the prompter. <laughs> so if anybody's wondering why they didn't have a clue, I'm telling you they did not have a fucking clue. Not a clue. Yeah. Not a clue. Yeah. And Mox keeps saying, the thing no one mentions is that Teller Seabor surprised at you. <laughs> I mean, Teller was of course, no idea where he was. Mox was off to Saint-Tropez to do their sixth, seventh, and eighth shows ever. Yeah. That's what they were off to yeah. do. And, and to prep for Edinburgh to do their very first shows basically of their lives. And Teller had been texting with Mox. Yes, and working on tricks yeah, for that yeah, show. Yeah. In Saint Tropez. Yeah. So if the idea of magic is to twist someone's reality, that was done. <laughs> Still, as much as I love Boxy, yeah. not as good as Donut Friend. <laughs> I mean. Mox couldn't get you to take a sample. <laughs> Donut friend got you to take a sample. I'll let you know. It was one of the most amazing experiences. Ever. Yeah. And the fool was totally righteous. I'll, and I'll tell you this, because Mox was rehearsing. Close gave some pointers. Close really worked closely with Mox to, to do a couple of cool things with that trick. Yeah. I went to Mox's camera rehearsal. Mox seemed nervous. Yeah. I went up to them and kind of talked to him a little bit. Mox said, Mox said he was awful. It was awful. awful. It was an awful, but that's okay. A lot of people have an awful camera. And actually I said, I said, what you don't want is to go flawlessly at the camera rehearsal. <laughs> that's what you don't want. And Mox said, don't worry. I always step up in front of an audience. And I was like, you've done four shows. You don't know what you do and don't do in front of an audience. <laughs> Mox just texted me in all caps. Yeah. Don't you ever say, don't a friend is better than <laughs> I just got into my watch. She broke through. Mox broke through the uh, the. Uh, yeah. I'm working. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it, it, as you Mox understand, texted. Mox. It was a joke. There's no comparison. Donut friend is the second best thing in the world. <laughs> Did Mox text you from Saint Tropez? Is that where that text is from? Is that what it says on the ID? I never, I never believe where Mox is. <laughs> I never believe where they are again for the rest of Mox's life. I will never believe they're anywhere. Well, I'll finish my point before I get a text. <laughs> Mox was right. Mox got out in front of an audience and killed it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> and my head was like, you don't know what you do and don't do. <laughs> Mox knew. Mox knew. And the fool was righteous. Yes. As a matter of fact, and that's what I want to get to too. From the back, I followed Teller off. Yeah. Away from you. Mm-hmm. Teller saw close in the hallway and had a had a concentrated look on his face and literally said, like quickly, because Teller's an assassin. 
Because <laughs> I want to talk more, especially because, you know, we've already spoiled it. I'm going to be on this season. Okay. But I want that to happen. I want people to see it before I talk about what it's like to have Teller on stage with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> by the way, in terms of being nicer to your child or your friends or whatever, I'm telling you, I'm one of your friends who's been on the show, and I commiserate with other friends who've been on the show. You're harder on your friends than you are on other people. <laughs> and... You actually don't know what it's like. Like, oh, I this this year just yeah. to watch me beat the living shit out of, out of Vinny, Vinny Grasso. Grasso. <laughs> also, I don't know. He was toward the end, right? Yeah, he fooled us a few times. Yeah, I just had it, and I absolutely, I, I hold Vinny down, yeah. sit in his chest, and punch him in the face. <laughs> there's a thing in in uh, magic. There's a term called burning. Yeah. Right? When an audience member, you get them on stage and you're trying to like make a ring, they borrow their ring and you try to make it disappear and they don't pay attention to a word you're saying and they just stare at your hands and it's called burning. And when an, a layman burns you, it's annoying. <laughs> when the greatest magicians on earth burn you, <laughs> it is frightening. So when you call Penn and Teller up on the stage to join you, which Mox did, their job is to burn them with people who know how every trick is done. <laughs> yeah. So it is awful. Teller goes right off stage, and then he just straight away to close goes. I knew the first part because of because of the you know this part is, and I'm trying not to give anything away, but just said that you know this part of it, and and that's where close goes, and that's why it's it's two different phases, and that's why you can do it different. You can use the same tool differently from this part, and and Teller goes, oh, of course, and I was like, oh, that's fuck, that's Teller straight up. He straight up did not know how the trick worked, yeah, yeah. and close told them how it worked. Yeah, that was right off stage. Yep, and and it was a total. It was they did not know why I was watching. They were by themselves. It was there was nothing performative about it. Teller was seriously annoyed walking off stage that he got <laughs> fooled and went right to close and close enlightened. Him. Yeah, and it's like and that's what happens on fools. And so that's a teller was fooled straight yeah. up. He got he got half of it. It was yeah. a two trick pony. Yeah, we was that was it. Uh, we got half it right away. Yeah. Half it didn't didn't even begin to fool us, right? And it was funny because we got that half smugly, ah, uh, and then we went, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's uh, the, the the second part is, uh, the you know the uh, the first part. Well, the second part, uh, if you had the the cards or the first part, we got the first the second. We don't know. I mean, straight up. So I, I I've given this advice to a couple of foolers. Uh, attempted foolers. And I also was smug. I didn't think, I thought having Mox surprise you was great for TV. Mox doing the kick-ass card trick, great. I didn't expect a foolish trophy either. Mm -hmm. So when Mox had a tough camera block, mm -hmm. I said, hey, remember, you're not here to fool Penn and Teller. You're here to be a fucking star. Mm -hmm. It's like, no matter what you do, enjoy the shit out of your trick. Get out mm -hmm. there and just perform the shit out of it and love every second out there because you being a star in front of your dad is what everyone's going to remember. And Mox punched me in the arm and says, you don't think I can fool him? <laughs> well, the, what it is, I'll tell you, this is rare. It happens. I mean, it happened with the handsome Jack, mm -hmm. happens with a few others. But I can tell you the second that fooled us there was a flash of the cards. Yeah. A flash of the cards that showed something that wasn't true. Ah. And the delivery of the flash, I mean, this is where uh, you can talk about the stuff Mox practices. Yes. And the stuff Mox does. Mm -hmm. But there's this kind of innate thing 
she let us see something that fooled us in a way that made us think Mox didn't want us to see it. There, there's a moment when you have to see that all the cards are different, yeah. right? And you could show that, and it wouldn't have fooled us for a second. But the way, it's not the way the fingers moved. It was the acting on it. Mm-hmm. Mox had a sense of exactly where we were looking and exactly what to show us that would make us extrapolate which is all you're trying to do in magic, uh, make us extrapolate to something that wasn't true. As they say at NASA, you can interpolate till the cows come home, but don't try extrapolating. <laughs> and that's what magic is. You get people to extrapolate. Yeah, yeah. I saw that put in the hand, so I extrapolate still in their hand. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. So uh, uh, there was a flash of like five in different cards. Mm-hmm. The five and different cards that flashed. Uh, no reason to show those except to fool the shit out of us. <laughs> and it was done so casually. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that is, uh, I guess, natural. I don't even know what natural means. Mm-hmm. But somehow, Mox picked that up. I mean, it's it was a kind of handling that, you know, a real pro like yeah. Matt King would have done. You know, yeah. you're not supposed to see. It doesn't matter. It's that it's not that you're not supposed to see it. It's that this doesn't matter. This thing that is crucial to the trick does not matter. Didn't notice it. You know, yeah. it's something that um, Danny Deere. I was just gonna say when Danny Deere just <laughs> happens to be throwing piles of cards on the table like it's nothing. It's something. Yeah, Danny Deertes is, is is the king yeah. of nothing in here matters when everything in here matters. <laughs> Every single slight Every detail aspect. matters, and it, you can't tell. No, you can't tell that anything matters. He just doesn't care. Yeah, unbelievable that uh, Mox. You know, I said your fifth trophy. I said your fifth show. You fooled your dad on national TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mox said, yeah, catch up. <laughs> I also, uh, Mox was way funny in the interview, right? Yes. I thought the whole thing, I was like, I wish they could have put the whole interview. Because if you watch Fool Us, they, they take the, the best single hunk of the exchange between you and Brooke Burke this year. <laughs> and that's what covers Penn & Talk for a lot longer then it looks on TV. I said, I wish the whole thing could have been a podcast. I wish you, I wish they put out the entire interview that Brooke had with Mox. It was amazing. It was so funny. And by the way, while we're praising people on Fool Us, mm-hmm. how good is Brooke Burke? Unbelievable. I mean... And also works. Yes. She's done so much press in the past two weeks yes. about Fool Us. Mm-hmm. I, she's just a remarkable human being. She's even texted me and said, you got to remember, tell me when your episode's coming on. We, we'll, we'll do some stuff for it. And I was like, that's the nicest thing. <laughs> yeah, ever. it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just, she's just the greatest. Yeah. Who would have thought? You know, and I, I didn't want her on there, you know, because we didn't, uh, we, we weren't really part weren't of on. the choosing process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just thought she's being thrust upon us, mm-hmm. thrust upon us like a jelly-filled raspberry donut. Fabulous. Uh, made my job tremendously easy. You know, normally if Allison or Lincoln were insecure about an interview, they'd have to send me into the basement last minute and I'd be trying to get like five or six more questions we can ask the person mm-hmm. out of them in the basement as the taping starting. And I have to kind of get as much as I can and then also not sure, make sure I don't miss anything that Brooke's doing mm-hmm. as her 
her right hand person on on shoots. Well, here's the thing: this cannot be true. Yeah, it cannot be true. It's impossible for it to be true. But Brooke seemed to care about the magicians. Yes, which is like, yeah, it's t- <laughs> that's when you're like, well, it's year one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because if you look at Al's and Anakin's first few years being blown away by magic, mm. and by the end, she's very skeptical of everything that everyone's doing, <laughs> uh, just naturally, right? But no, it's true. I mean, the only time, you know, the big prep that I did for Al's and Hannigan that I prepped for Brooke, as I, I said, you have to remember, you're interviewing... 60, and in this case, 80 people with the same occupation <laughs> every day. Yeah. You're interviewing eight people with the same occupation every day, eight, eight to 10 people every day at the same job, and you're doing that every day. And most of them got that the same way. Yes, and most of them never had another job. They all you know, did their first group party at nine, but didn't turn pro until they actually were 15, and they <laughs> took that other real gig at the hospital. Um, you know, <laughs> like that's, you know, the story of all of them. And that's when you say, like, what's something interesting about you? That's the first thing they say. So I've never had another job. I'm, I'm, I've been amazing at magic my whole life. And you, you hate to go back. Yeah, that's everyone. So what else do you got? <laughs> Very hard. I've, I have different, nicer ways of saying that. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, that's, that's, nope. Next. Yeah. Next. That's not going to do it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, Brooke is incredible. Just great. It's a, it's a really good season. And yes. how did, how did Gift Shop look? Did you watch it? I haven't watched the whole episode yet. I watched the one clip with Max with my children this morning. Were they thrilled? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, did they both say, wait till they get a load of me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I, uh, my youngest got called up to be Jimmy at Pith the Magic Dragon Show and uh-huh. ate it up. Oh, really? Piff does a trick in the beginning of the show where you tell someone to select a card, and then that person says, you know, in this case, the person said Ace of Spades, and he goes, oh, that's the most difficult card in magic, and the whole lightning plays or whatever. So about 40 minutes later, he calls my kid up there, and they make him face upstage, full screen of every 52 cards, and say, pick a card. And my kid just laughs and goes, ace of spades. <laughs> Eight-year-old making a callback from 40 minutes earlier <laughs> on stage. And everyone laughed. And everybody was like, that was great. My proudest moment was then, he got excited and just threw the card on the ground. Uh-huh. And Piff asked, he goes, where'd that card go? We need it. And he goes, it's on the ground. And he goes, we'll find it. So the Piff starts to ad-lib as my kid is on the floor crawling, trying to pick up all the cards. Uh-huh. And my kid goes, cut to 40 years later. And then Pip goes, what'd you say? And he goes, cut to 40 years later. He goes, that's a joke I was just about to make. <laughs> and I was like, that was my proud dad moment. <laughs> I was like, you had Pip's joke line of thinking in your head and beat him to it. That's, that's great. It's, he said, you're proud of your, you're proud of your, sure. you're proud of your children. Sure, it's a whole different thing. Uh, but yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. It's thrilled for Max. So yesterday we did the uh, skeptics conference mm-hmm. uh, about, a, I don't know. I guess not a thousand, but hundreds of people in a conference room mm-hmm. at the Flamingo coming there to, you know, study skepticism. Mm-hmm. You know. And we are engaged to, uh, to be interviewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a talk with Ben and Teller with uh, Richard Weissman, mm-hmm. you know, who's great. And we are uh, backstage in another conference room. Mm-hmm. And Richard says, I want to show some slides and... I got a question or two, and I go, that sounds jive-ass, but whatever you want to do is fine. And I was kind of yesterday, both Teller and I were very, um, very low-key. Mm-hmm. So backstage is like, yeah, whatever you want to do, go ahead. Is there anything special you want us to bring up? Nah, just whatever you want to do. <laughs> and we walk into the room, we go on stage, and for the first time, 
it seemed like they didn't care what we did. They cared that they were in the room with us. Okay. A different feeling. So there's a vibe. Yeah. Like, and I thought, well, you know, when I would show up and there'd be like Jay Marshall mm-hmm. or Johnny Thompson mm-hmm. or, um, uh, uh, or I guess in this case, you're more talking like amazing Randy. Yeah. I wouldn't care very much what, I wasn't doing any judging. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah, I'd yeah. Had, they, they had nothing to prove. If Randy was just on stage and they were asking him questions, I didn't care if he just said yes and no. Mm-hmm. I didn't care if he just, you know, nodded and shook his head. I was in the room with Randy. There was never a sense that Randy had anything to prove. He just had to be there. Now, when I say never a sense, I mean when Randy was, you know, Randy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew Randy when he was younger. I certainly knew Randy when he was younger than I am now mm-hmm. by a lot. I guess I knew Randy when he was 50, maybe, 45. Mm-hmm. But there was, you know, Billy McComb, Jasper, you know, uh, yeah. Jay Marshall, Johnny Thompson, you know, a few others. We were on stage in the middle of it. He's showing. <laughs> he did this weird little quiz thing where he said, uh, your first appearance on David Letterman, David picked a card that ended up being on your hand with a knife through it. What card was that? It was like a trivia question for you guys? Trivia question about us for us. Hmm. And it was amazed me because I said, uh, I think it was the four spades. Until I said, yeah, it had to be the four spades. So we'd want the knife to go through the middle. We could still see all the pips. And we'd also want it to be dark to contrast with the blood. We were right. Yeah. And he shows the clip. And uh, he shows the clip on David Letterman, our first appearance on David Letterman. And that was uh, uh, almost 40 years ago. Right. And then he showed uh, a clip of, uh, oh, he showed a great thing. He showed a clip of us doing The Unpleasant World of Penn and Teller, which is the series we did over in England, mm-hmm. which is, of course, unknown here. Right. But, uh, but it's actually, you know, a few people watched it in England. And he says, very popular in England. Yeah. yeah. He says he blocks out. He said, there's the person picking the card. They do a shot in the audience of a person picking a card. Mm -hmm. Right. And he freezes it. And the person behind that person is blocked out. And he says, uh, here's a quiz for you. Who's that person? It's Bob Dylan during a sound check. I said, I said, Eric clapped it. (laughs) He said, uh, Richard Weissman. Oh, he was a wonderful interviewer and he actually got stuff out of us that we, and also his slides, which I thought were total jive bullshit. Like, fuck you. What is this high school? Yeah. Is this a corporate show? We're really good. He very tasteful, very well done. He did a really great job. Sing about the song again when it comes to those things, right? Yeah. Yeah. He did a good job. But I sat there and people were, uh, they were laughing, they were applauding, they were enjoying it, but anything good we did, they weren't surprised. If one of us was going a little long on a story or something, you couldn't feel any any impatience in the audience, you know? Yeah. I'm curious about your, you seem very mixed emotions about this, but you're not describing anything terrible. I just kind of went, uh... Well, I'm curious about is that, you and Teller, for people who have done something unique with your partnership for this length of time and to be as viable after these decades as you were, you both are remarkably unsentimental about your career. 
But yeah, I, I don't think we're very sentimental at all. Um, I guess what was different is this is the sadness, you know? I used to go to skeptics conferences and magic conferences, mm -hmm. and uh, I was really interested in the old guard, you know? Mm -hmm. Who are the guys that know stuff? And now I realize the old guard are guys that I know. Yes. And I've known my whole life. I mean, Matt King. Yes. Matt King is someone who's been around. Yeah. No, you I know? mean, you know, Johnny's gone. Max Maven's gone. Yeah. Johnny's gone. Max Maven's gone. Yeah. Randy's gone. Yeah. Billy McCombs gone. Yeah. And I guess the next row. Yeah. I guess it was really last night I realized that the next row had moved Malika's up. Malika's gone. Yeah. The next row had moved up. Yeah. Trying to think of who is older than us. I mean, certainly David Copperfield is more venerated. Yeah, yeah. But he's a year younger than me. Right. But you know, if you were and going to- make the moon disappear. Is he, what's, what is that? Oh, I, it's, it's irresponsible is what it is, Pat. <laughs> you know how much the tides and other things rely on the moon? If you take that source of gravity away from the planet, do you know what chaos it will unleash environmentally? When Copperfield announced- he was going to vanish the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. I was on some show, I don't know, some bullshit show. Uh, it wasn't Letterman, but one of yeah, the yeah. maybe local New York talk shows. And they said, what do you think of Copperfield's going to vanish the Statue of Liberty? I said, if Copperfield announced that, had his live TV special, and then blew the fucker up, it would be the coolest <laughs> thing <laughs> that had ever been done. Uh, hey. Just, but still magically, like, curtain up. Yeah. And then just, kaboom, kaboom. <laughs> I guess they did that on um, <laughs> on Arrested Development, oh, right, right, kind of right. the boat. But I mean, uh, I don't even need magically. I yeah, just yeah. mean, I announced I was going to make the Statue of Liberty disappear. Yeah. Watch. Bow! <laughs> the moon coming up is like, every magician has a magic wand, and for me, I've hacked the nuclear code to this <laughs> missile that I can aim at the moon. Wasn't hard. I just gave a million dollars. Went down to Florida. I went down to Florida, near Lago, asked a million dollars for the code. Yeah. That was easy. Now, what I'm holding might not look like a football, but it was referred to as the football. <laughs> yeah. I got the football from Biden. <laughs> got him when he was napping. Got the codes from... I'm set to go. I, I was I was I was able to buy the rockets on the free market. Elon Musk gave me the rockets. I stole the football from Biden. I get the codes. I'm set to go. Um, but, I, but I just thought the statue wouldn't that have been amazing? Yeah. And then he goes, to, I, I told him by PD. <laughs> I told I got the permits. It was it was announced. I wasn't concealing it. I don't know if it's terrorism. I was doing a magic show. Magic shows are always terrorism, sir. <laughs> um, I, I blew up the fucking Statue of Liberty. Yeah. So when Glenn said, I hadn't heard about it until yesterday, yeah. Glenn said about the moon. The moon. And I said, he's going to make the moon dance. Okay. I hope it's just, he says, everybody close your eyes, moon's got. <laughs> I mean, either, I like either of the two extremes. <laughs> yeah. In the middle, I really have no interest whatsoever. <laughs> But if it's just like he gets a uh, a one year old, yeah, says the moon's gonna disappear. I grabbed it, holds his hand there, yeah. and they don't have uh, what what is it called uh, object permanence? Yes. Uh, so they say, "Oh, moon's gone." He goes, "Yeah, good night, everybody." That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that would be great is if it just the motherfucker blew up, just exploded just, as we know it. Yeah. Oh, that'd be bold. Very bold. Be bold. Be a bold move. <laughs> you know, 
Copperfield's saying, I'm 67 years old. What yeah. the fuck is the rest of my life in prison? I didn't mean to make you tangent. You were hating yourself at this conference. Let's go back to it. <laughs> <laughs> you were hating how old you're getting. No, it wasn't, it wasn't even that. Yeah. It was just, uh, I want someone else there. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't so much I hated being there. No, no. It was just like, oh, we're now what you got. I always call this the, the like the lifeguard scenario. Mm-hmm. Like when you're a kid and the kids that are the people that are the lifeguards at all the pools and stuff, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my gosh, they're in shape. They're in charge of saving lives. They train. They're lifeguards. And when you go to high school with people who become lifeguards, you're like, what? Those are the people that are guarding jar children? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So when Randy was on stage, yeah. that was great. Right. When we're on stage, it's like, <laughs> no, should be Randy. Understand? Yeah. You don't, you don't know. You, you know that hush tone you have right now? Yeah. You don't know who you're supposed to have that hush tone for. Right. You've made a horrible mistake. Or actually, the truth is time has made a horrible mistake. Right. Because time took away the people who deserve this and left us in the place. Yeah. You know, we're just, um, we're, I mean, I, I know this is a cliche from a Wayne's world, but I mean this in the true sense. We aren't worthy. Yeah. We shouldn't be there. It should be someone that I'm interested in. Right. <laughs> That's a thing. Yeah. So, of course, I mentioned Bob Dylan a zillion times. <laughs> they showed the books and stuff we've written, right? Mm-hmm. He's had a whole, like, mosaic yeah. of the amount of shit we've done and said, how do you get all this stuff done? And I answered that I do everything with timers, as you know. I 30 minutes on this project, 30 minutes, everything's done with a stopwatch, mm-hmm. which my children make fun of. But I have stopwatches for everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't have stopwatches for everything. I have my watch for everything. But yeah, yeah. Um, you set a stopwatch timer. Yeah, all, always, always. Um, countdown timers going all the time on every project I do, and you find out incrementally, you accomplish amazing shit. Yeah. Like you know, I wanted to write this new book, which is now, by the way, as of today, because this morning I did my half hour. As of today, I've changed the name. It's now called Felony Juggler. Oh, nice. Isn't that a nice name for a yeah, book? Yeah. Felony Juggler. I was telling him my little techniques for getting this shit done. And then I realized as he was asking, well, it's also the fact we've had 60 years. <laughs> right, right, you know? right, right, right. So it was just a, a weird thing. Yeah, something that happens to older people's now happening to you. Yeah. But in a bizarre, but that's like being, like being the subject of. But you talk a lot. We all talk a lot about uh, aches and pains and that kind of stuff. No, no, no. But, but I this laugh. is a whole different thing. I laugh all the time when I hear stuff like this. I always joke. I was like, God, I've switched careers too many times to have this ever happen to me. I'll never do anything long enough <laughs> for someone to look back on it. <laughs> you know, because uh, I just, I because I'm like, that, that'll never happen. Look at, uh, we've got our, our guest today is Matt Donnelly. <laughs> and as you know, he's one of the best known sand painters. <laughs> Uh, and you've been doing sand painting for how long? Now? Three and a half years. Three and a half yeah, years. Yeah, three and a half years I've been yeah. sand painting. Yeah, yeah. three and a half Started years. Started teaching myself off of YouTube. Became obsessed. <laughs> and you've become, in three and a half years, one of the... Aren't you awfully old to be one of the old Yeah, dudes? yeah, 76. Just started sand painting. <laughs> and uh, still, I don't know. But you always had an interest in sand painting. No, no, no. Uh, you, no. you were a fan of sand? No, uh, I got canceled as a magician around 68. <laughs> And, 
I had to do something else. Now, 68 is yeah. the age that magicians get canceled, isn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> that was, wasn't it Penn Jillette? Yeah, right? yeah. David Copperfield. Yeah, the next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the next year he was canceled. <laughs> and you, you just followed suit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I suppose always in the back of your mind, yeah. you felt you were a sand painter. Yeah, no, I no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I saw a sand painter win AGT, AGT, AG, AGT 68. I saw, I saw sand painter win that one. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, I should do that. <laughs> that guy's making money. That's been demand for more than one sand painter in America. So that, um, that, that probably explains why you're really not that good. <laughs> right, no, I'm just the other one. <laughs> It's the guy who won HET, and no one can afford him, and there's me. <laughs> that's the interview you're looking for? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> well, we're going to show a little bit of um, the different sand paintings you've done. We're going to yeah. show over your career, and it's yeah. it's three. Yeah, yeah, no, and the most famous one is like, is it is it John Lennon or Jerry Garcia? And I <laughs> actually stole that from a guy who spray painted. <laughs> So I just did a, I did his bit in sand form. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess my question would be, how do you get so little done? <laughs> no timers. That's no. my rule. And start late. Start late, no timers. <laughs> Procrastinate. And you can end up really doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's tough. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> So, but yeah. you know, he, he introduced us. He said these guys have worked together for 45 years. Now, 45 years is a very high number. And I know, <laughs> actually, it's, it's 48. 40. <laughs> and you're wrong. That's a lot, and you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a lot of artists and nutters can feel un underappreciated, right? So when you see like anything from awards to retirement dinners to whatever, you kind of go, oh, it'd be nice to kind of get some accolades or get a thank you or get a kudo, you know, whatever. But when it's happening to you, you're like, get this light off of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, it's so uncomfortable. I don't want to take credit for anything. I can think of one person yeah. who were they on stage where we were yeah. yesterday would have been thrilled. Yeah. And I won't say his name, <laughs> but we all know who it is. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, like, yeah, Sarah helped out on the show that just opened up over at the um, Virgin, uh, Ladylike show. It's a dance dance show. Sexy What's it dance. called? Ladylike. Ladylike. It's a sexy dance show. Sexy. But she got two genuine compliments from people just face to face, and it was really made her very emotional. And I think like to get up on stage and get like a, a real like sweeping look back on all your stuff, it's got to be so much more uncomfortable. Whereas just a genuine compliment, one sentence or two to the face is probably much better. Now he deserves it. But have you seen Obama giving the medal to Bob Dylan? Uh, no. It's fabulous. He's just kind of going, yeah. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. I still, the, uh, I actually figured out, I can't remember. Did you tell this on air? And if so, then I'm maybe, if not, then obviously the answers were, uh-oh. Um, but when Dylan turned to his son during Springsteen's induction. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Okay. No, 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 no. I don't know what he said. <laughs> All right. There you go. <laughs> I have no idea. Have yeah, no idea. yeah. I have been, uh, you know, I'm used to violating NDAs. Yeah, yeah. But at a certain point, even I have to draw a line. At least now. Yes. You know, in three years. <laughs> That's really the perspective. You're going to say, like, Ben, Ben, you've signed this many NDAs. And that's <laughs> <of those. laughs> 
<laughs> Can we just bring up the two you didn't violate? <laughs> here's here's your rate of violation <laughs> slowing over time. Can you tell us what you've learned? My rate of violation is actually speeded up. The other night in the show, mm -hmm. unrelated to the being at the skeptics conference, there was a moment on stage where I was kind of talking, mm -hmm. and I realized I, I I don't give a fuck, and uh, in a very good way. Yeah, I was going, boy, this is this is another level. We had the woman up for the the, the magic block mm -hmm. where you give them the directions. Mm -hmm. Right? And we say, don't open this till you leave the theater. Yeah. And she said, I don't believe this is really the directions. And I said, open it. Yeah. She said, what? I said, open it. She said, it says, don't open it. I said, open it. Yeah. So she opened it up and said, look at the directions. Oh, this is the real thing. Yeah. And I get off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's late October. So, yeah, your lineup. What's your lineup? Uh, I got to go see your show. You guys put in your, your different lineup now. Yeah. What are you talking about? You were gonna do all your favorite. Oh, we got things. yeah, we're gonna we got two uh, we got two brand new tricks that are going in entropy, which I talked to you about, mm -hmm. and this new thing called Stooges. No, I don't know. This. Stooges is a really good idea, and it is I think it's gonna be really really good. Okay, and you'll like it because I've never seen a performer do this. The intro is essentially could we have every asshole in the audience up on stage? If you're a dick, if you're an asshole, come up here. <laughs> That's something you wouldn't do when you were 20. No. <laughs> well, you would do it at 20. Yeah. You wouldn't do it from 25 to 60. <laughs> <laughs> You'd try it when you were 22. Right. Oh, Jesus. Don't do that again. Yeah. And then at the end, you just God, fuck it. Who cares? But you'll like Stooges. You'll like Stooges. So uh, I want to make this very clear mm -hmm. in a clear declarative statement. Moxie is better then don't it, friend. Okay. They're not even in the same league. Yeah. Don't it, friends, one of the best things I've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And Moxie is better. And that was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha, cha, cha. And to You become naked. I still wish I had that latte. I think I can stop on the way back and then. Like, is it ready? You know we love you. You anybody to thank there, Matt Donnelly? I want to thank the fine people who support us over at Patreon.com. Thank you so much for keeping this podcast going. Colin Durham, Susie Felber, Lancey Menchu, Stephen White, Harlan, Liam Clark, Michelle Yeiser, Brogan Hastings, Placida Scott, Damian Martin, Garth Reynolds, Adam Luce, Red Random, and he loved it. Timo Tihoff, Mark Pickenheim, Terry, Scott Kelly, Kirk Barrett, Adam Burzens, Matthew Applehands, Carlos Alvarez, Nicholas Emerson, Michael Cornwall, Rob Allegar, Ross Devereaux, Ryan Matthews, Jeff Bakker, Impossibilities Magic Show in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Michael Torbay, Elon Lee, Jeff Loomis, Caleb McJakey, Caleb McJakey, write in if you need a pronunciation. Caleb McJakey. <laughs> Nicole Martin, Crazy Cat Lady Scoop, a Music Man, Keith Corning, No Thank You Daddy, Rachel Hawkins, Chris 
Angel to an una pregunta. Yes. Right. Has, has a question. He has a question. Jake Schneider, Pete Hoke, Kelly McCauley, Corey Mitchell, Robin Garnett, jlbusinessadvisors.com, love Tom and Julie Lynn, Obi Dimitrian Jr., Jeremy R22, Winter Wierkowski, Kristen Kladick, Hattie Wambi, Michael Cohen, no, not that one, Mo Larry Cheese. Oh, Mo Larry Cheese, nice. Dr. Scoop Little, Joe Mastrangelo, Jeremiah Jenkins, Piff the Magic Dragon. Buy the book at PiffTheMagicDragon.com. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Hoffman, Danny Olwine, Stephen Volcano, Jim the Magician who would love to perform the new Penn & Teller block trick naked, Scoop Mids, and Paul McBride. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, Penn. Yeah? What's the name of that topless donut place in Florida? Uh, our Donuts. Uh, forget I mentioned it. <laughs> Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.